Howdy, my name is David Hansen, and you have reached my weekly sermon podcast. I serve as the pastor of St. John Lutheran Church of Prairie Hill, and we are a congregation of the Evangelical Lutheran Church in America located just outside of Brenham, Texas. You can learn more about our congregation on our website, stjohnprairiehill.org. You may also connect with me on my website, revdavidh.blogspot.com. On Sunday, June 2nd, we began the long green season after Pentecost, sometimes called Ordinary Time. We also began an extraordinary sermon series on Paul's letter to the Galatians, called Galatians, Radically Free, Radically Bound. This week we read together Galatians 1, verses 1 through 12. Wherever in the world you are when you listen to this podcast, please know that we here in Prairie Hill give thanks for you. God bless you, and enjoy this week's sermon. Paul, an apostle, sent neither by human commission nor from human authorities, but through Jesus Christ and God the Father, who raised him from the dead, and all of the members of God's family who are with me, to the churches of Galatia. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ, who gave himself for our sins to set us free from the present evil age, according to the will of our God and Father, to whom be the glory forever and ever. Amen. I am astonished that you are so quickly deserting the one who called you in the grace of Christ and are turning to a different gospel. Not that there is another gospel, but there are some who are confusing you and who want to pervert the gospel of Christ. But even if we or an angel from heaven should proclaim to you a gospel contrary to what we proclaim to you, let that one be accursed. As I have said before, so now I repeat, if anyone proclaims to you a gospel contrary to what you received, let that one be accursed. Am I now seeking human approval or God's approval? Or am I trying to please people? If I were still pleasing people, I would not be a servant of Christ. For I want you to know, brothers and sisters, that the gospel that was proclaimed by me is not of human origin. For I did not receive it from a human source, nor was I taught it. But I received it through a revelation of Jesus Christ. The word of the Lord. Well, as Paul says, grace to you and peace from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. So as I said, we are going to spend... Almost every Sunday between now and August 15th, looking at this book of Galatians, and it's kind of small. You can take it home and and probably read it in one sitting pretty easily. But this small little book, Tucked Away, is one of the most important books in the New Testament. Martin Luther appeals to it again and again as he talks about what it means for us to be saved by grace. What the act of what Jesus has done on the cross, how that becomes a part of our lives. And it's returned to again and again throughout Christian history as we've sought to figure out how we live this life together, this life that we have been called to. So it opens 
this letter in, in the way that any letter would, right? Dear so-and-so, to whom it may concern. Opens in the way that all of Paul's letters open. Paul, an apostle, sent neither by human commission nor from human authorities, but through Jesus Christ and God the Father who raised him from the dead. And all the members of God's family who are with me. So about this guy, Paul, we know a little bit, right? We know the story about him on the Damascus Road and getting knocked down. We hear about it in Acts 15, right? Uh, and, and, and the missionary journeys that he goes on. Could you give me the next slide there, Barney? So we know kind of how he traveled all around the Mediterranean world. Those, those various lines crisscrossing, you probably can't make sense of them from where you are. That's okay. What you can see is kind of the sense of how they kind of go all over. And that's what Paul does, right? Paul spends his life traveling all over and, and, and spreading the gospel everywhere he goes. And so that's this Paul. But you notice, even as he writes this letter, it's not just from him. Did you catch that? Paul, an apostle, and all the members of God's family who are with me. We'll talk some about how Paul writes these letters later as we get to the end of the book. But you notice, it's not just him. That's the most important thing. To the churches that are in Galatia. Paul doesn't write a letter to just one person. This is not a communication from one guy to another guy. But rather, this is from one community to another community. And the community that we're talking about here, see, the, see at the very top there, the Black Sea. And you go straight down. You see Bithynia and Pontius and then Galatia. Galatia is kind of a region. We don't know exactly where these churches were in Galatia or how many there were. We know that there were more than one. But as we look at Paul's letters, almost all of them are to communities like this. So actually what Paul says is grace to y'all and peace to y'all. Right? We're used to hearing that about you know me because it's to you. But it's not just you. It's you plural. Grace to y'all and peace to y'all. It's about a community from us to you. It's always about a community. As we heard last week, this Christian life and faith is always about community. And so as we walk through Paul's letters, it's not me and Jesus. It's not me and God. It's about communities loving and supporting one another. And throughout this whole letter, that's what we're going to be dealing with. Paul and the community that he's with at this time, writing to the Galatians and the community around them. So here's what happens as we kind of set up a little bit of background for this letter is Paul is writing, and at this point in history, there are essentially two kinds of Christians. There are Palestinian Jewish Christians. Palestine, the Holy Land, uh, Israel, right? There are Jewish Christians who live in that area, Palestinian Jewish Christians, and there are Hellenistic Jewish Christians. That is, there are Christians who are Greeks, who are also Jewish. And that's it. Palestinian Jewish Christians and Greek Jewish Christians. That's the only kind of Christians that there are as Paul is writing this. This is written around the year 53 or so, about two decades after Jesus dies and rises from the dead. So there are these two types, and that's kind of like saying there are two types of Lutherans. There are Lutherans from Scandinavia who come from Denmark or Sweden and Norway, and there are Scandinavian American Lutherans. And that's it. The rest of them, you know, we're not too sure about the Germans. And that's it. it you know, okay, they're all basically the same. And what, what Paul is doing in Paul's ministry as he travels all across the known world at that time is he's opening it up and saying it's not just about being a Jewish Christian, but rather being a Christian. Paul is taking Christianity out from being just another type of Judaism. So, you know, you've got the Orthodox Jews and the conservative Jews and the Reformed Jews and the Christian Jews. And Paul kind of says, no, not so much. We're a new thing. 
And that's what's happening is he's beginning to invite these new people in. Beginning to invite in people who have no idea what the Torah is. Who have no interest in being circumcised. You know, it's one thing when you do it with an eight-day-old baby. It's another thing when you do it with an adult male. Have no interest in being circumcised. Have no interest in observing the 614 Jewish laws of Leviticus and Deuteronomy and Exodus. And, and what Paul says is, well, you don't have to. And we're going to talk some about that. You don't have to to be a Christian. And so he's breaking out and, and, and he gets a little bit of pushback. Gets a little bit of rub. You know, he starts inviting in Lutherans who don't know how to sing, A Mighty Fortress is Our God. He starts inviting in people who don't quite fit in. And so then, all of a sudden, to these churches that Paul has planted up here in Galatia, down here in Judea at the very bottom, where all these lines meet up, is Jerusalem. And so from down there in Jerusalem, they send up these, these preachers and these preachers who say, okay, okay, now you know who Jesus is. Now let me tell you the real deal about how you have to become a Jew in order to follow Jesus. And that's kind of what these preachers had said. And that's the situation into which Paul is writing this letter that we hear today. You can go to the next one, thank you. That's the situation that we hear from today as, as, as Paul is writing, is he's responding to these sorts of people and trying to make sense along with this church in Galatia about how you balance these things. And so you will hear him say that the most important thing is, is the gospel that you have received. He talks about what it means to be totally free from all these laws. And, 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 he, and he says... Uh, from the Lord Jesus Christ who gave himself for our sins to set us free. We wrestle with this question all the time, don't we? Do we have free will? Can we choose? Are we free or are we not? And Paul is going to talk in this letter of Galatians, it's in some ways been called the Declaration of Independence for Christians. The Declaration of Independence for Christians. Because Paul proclaims how radically free we are from all the laws and all the things that used to wrap us up. Yeah, but then he goes on to say that he is indeed, in verse uh, 10, a servant of Christ. Although, that's really misleading. If you've got your little green Bible there, you notice there's a little superscript letter on there. And if you follow that along to the footnote, right? It says it actually says slave, but we don't like the word slave. So Paul is going to say, I am radically free, and yet I am also a slave. I am as bound as you can be. I can unfree as you can be. But I'm also free. But I'm also a slave for Jesus Christ. We're going to wrestle with some this summer over what it means to be both free and a slave. What it means for us to be liberated from all the things that bind us and yet bound wholly and completely to Jesus Christ. But Paul then talks about the problem. Right here at the very beginning, right? He doesn't wait. He wades right into the problem. He says, why have you abandoned the gospel that you first heard? Why have you abandoned the gospel that you first heard? Now, we've got vacation Bible school coming up this week ahead. I want you to think back pre-confirmation, right? Sunday school, vacation Bible school. What is the gospel as you first heard it? What is the good news as you first heard it? Jesus loves me. Funny, got the same answer at the first service. That's what we all heard. Jesus loves me, this I know. It's the heart of the gospel. Paul says, from God our Father and from Jesus Christ who died for our sins and set us free. Jesus Christ who loves me. The core of our gospel is that gospel that we first received. Jesus loves me. 
Now, you and I, as people, we tend to like things that are complicated. We, we say that we don't, but we like things that are complicated. On Fridays, I've got a group that I go play golf with of other pastors. And golf is a practice in making things as complicated as you can. It is really not that hard to take a ball this size and put it in a hole this size, right? And grab the ball, grab the ball, put it in. You're done. But we spend four hours chasing that little white ball, whacking it with a stick, trying to get it into the ball in the hole in the most difficult way possible. We have trouble with things that are complicated or with things that are simple. We don't trust them. We don't trust things that are simple. But it really is as simple as Jesus loves you. And Paul says... You add all these other things. You add all these other laws. You add all these other obligations. Don't trust it. Don't trust anyone who comes and tells you anything other than what you first heard. Jesus loves you. In fact, he goes so far to say, if I come and I tell you anything different than what I told you the first time, don't listen to me. Even more so, he adds another layer. If an angel comes from heaven and tells you something other than the gospel as you first received it, Jesus loves you. Call him a liar. Now, quite frankly, I'm going to have a little bit of difficulty if an angel shows up on the front door of the parsonage and tells me something saying I don't believe it. But that's precisely what Paul says. Trust in the gospel as you first received it. Jesus loves you. Think about all the things that we add. Right, we try and sort out who's a real Christian and who's not a real Christian. And we add all sorts of things that don't actually have a whole lot to do with the gospel. You know, what do you think about abortion? Who did you vote for in the latest election? Who should be the next Supreme Court judge? All these things that we weigh out. Who's a real Christian and who's not? I, I get emails. And you know, as a pastor, I get emails that say, you know, if you were a real Christian, you would vote for X. Because no real Christian would vote for the other guy. Don't trust anyone who adds anything to your gospel. Jesus loves you. I get emails that say, Dear pastor of such and such church, you need to write your congressman or representative and tell them how to vote on this issue because this is your Christian obligation. Don't trust anyone who adds anything to your gospel. The heart of the gospel is and always will remain the same. Jesus loves you. And this is what we rally around. Jesus loves you. And... This is Paul's frustration. It's all these laws, all this other stuff from the outside that people are coming in and adding on top of the gospel. And, Jesus, and, and Paul says, forget about it. What was the gospel as you first received it? What did you learn to sing from your heart as a child? Jesus loves me. And what's true today? Jesus loves you. And anybody who tells you different is a liar. Jesus loves you. And that's the heart of who we are. This is the heart of who we are called to be and what we are called to proclaim. Jesus loves you. And so Paul takes every tool that he has and goes about trying to share this good news with the world. And, and, and you saw the map, right? All over the known world at that time. Sharing this good news that Jesus loves you. How many of you have one of these in your pocket? Or in your purse? You have one of these with you? Go ahead and take it out. Go ahead and take it out. It's all right. I've got mine out. You can have yours out. <laughs> Go ahead and take it out. Go to your contacts or your favorites or whatever they are and click text. And I want you to take a minute right now and text somebody or put a Facebook status or whatever it is on your phone and tell them that Jesus loves them. 
Right now, go ahead and do it. Well, well, wait a minute. Tell them that Jesus loves them. Because what Paul does is proclaim the gospel to the world. What you and I have been called to do, we've heard it over and over over these last few weeks, is to be Jesus' witnesses in Jerusalem, in Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. And we can, in fact, be witnesses to the ends of the earth sitting right here in Prairie Hill. And we can share with the world the good news in any and every way possible. Jesus loves you and nothing can change that. Jesus can love you and nothing is added to that. Jesus loves you and nothing is ever going to take that away. So tell the world. Tell the world about the gospel you have received. Along with Paul, be a witness to the ends of the earth. Let no one add to your gospel. Let no one add another obligation. Because it is as simple as that. Jesus loves you. Now tell the world.